Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. with the starting five we don't have cap with us today so i'm gonna kind of run point center guard forward coach uh position um it's really shitty with the lbr well not lbr with a couple of fellas where's skylar at i'm 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 here i'm glad you're not running you know you're not at the two guard today so i'll I'll step in and and do that for you i'm still at underscore skylar on twitter and like my guy on 2K, I'm still the corner man. I'm the new Clay because I can't miss from three. This your guy, Trev, a.k.a. the chief of staff of Dylan Brooks Island. And, of course, you better not say center because I'm holding down in the paint. Your man, Tev Shakir, let's get it. We got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, man, plenty to talk about. Um, again, Cap couldn't be with us. He's flying drones and doing his iRobot um, part two manifestation, man. But we have some things to talk about, man, because, you know, October is almost here. We know October means basketball season is upon us. It's really one of the greatest times of the year. You got the football, baseball, and the beginning of the basketball season. Um, but, of course, we're here to talk about the Grizzlies, man. And as we think about the Grizzlies, let's start with, like, who's starting, right? Um, I think we have some positions already solidified, right, with Ja um, and also with Dylan Brooks. But who do we see starting uh, between D. Melton, Kyle Anderson, and Desmond Bain and anyone could take that and go with it. Um, I'll I'll start off. I definitely believe that Desmond Bain is going to be starting at the two guard. You can just kind of tell from um the work that he put in, and then just also, you know, I'm not sure if there was a conversation between himself and Grizzlies front office or him and Taylor Jenkins about what they wanted him to work on. So you saw in the G League they had him, you know, running a lot of pick and roll. You had them, you know making plays for other people. And I think that's going to be uh, beneficial to the team and also John Morant, um, you know, to take the pressure off of him. So I I believe Desmond Bain is going to start. Um, We saw what he saw a glimpse of what he could look like in, you know, in a starter's role. He definitely started some time here and there. He actually got more minutes than he probably normally um, should or could have. So um, his body's filled out a lot more. So I think that's going to help him defensively. Um, pairing him right next to Dylan Brooks. So, you know, running three up the top with John Morant, Desmond Bain, and and, uh, and Dylan Brooks, those three are up the top. And then I think uh, Triple J will start, and then Steven Adams will round out the five. So that's 
that's the five that I'm going. I definitely believe Desmond Bain is going to get that two. He's going to get that two spot. He'll get the two spot if one of the questions that we have later is a resounding no. But uh, the starter out of this three should be Kyle Anderson. And it's been Kyle Anderson for, from the get-go, and it should be Kyle Anderson until the Grizzlies decide not to bring him back. Uh, lest we forget, although the numbers didn't really jump out to everybody, for the most part, Kyle Anderson had a career year in his this past season here in Memphis, and it very well could have warranted him possibly being a most improved player. But, of course, that went to Julius Randle with the New York Knicks. Uh, but to the scholar's point, everything he mentioned about Desmond Bain and uh, the work he's put in in the offseason in the summer league, I can see that down the line as him being a starter, but why not for at least this next season have him do all of this stuff as the first guy off the bench? As a six man, um, I think that's what probably is going to be the case. Um, Kyle Anderson being in there just gives you another defender. It gives you another playmaker, uh, someone that can help initiate the offense. So that way the load is taking off job just a tad bit and he can focus on possibly looking to score and things of that nature. Um, we know what he did in the playoffs. Um, we know what he's done to get us to the playoffs. Uh, so uh, the five of job Dylan, Kyle. Uh, 3J and Big Steve and them uh, will be the uh, starting five, in my opinion, for the Grizzlies. Shitty, uh, you kind of you you missed out on bringing up the fact that we're gonna have Michael Myers back for like the 30, 30th time. You know what I'm saying for October, but that's neither here and there. Um, Scott, I loved your point about Desmond Bain. Um, his playmaking um, over the offseason, especially in the summer league, is something that we'll have to definitely look forward to. Um, but I would say look forward to coming off the bench. Um, Trevor, you literally stole every point that I was going to make about this point. So that's why we're here, brother. Um, but I'm definitely going to go with Kyle Anderson. We look at Kyle Anderson. He didn't almost have a career year last year. He did have a career year last year. Uh, career averages and uh, career highs and points, uh, almost in rebounds and assists. So, um, Or career high in assists. I stand corrected. Career high in assists. So. Um, when we look at Kyle Anderson, somebody who should have been the most improved player of the year if we had analysts that are actually watched the Grizzlies basketball, they would have seen that. But like I said, it's neither here nor there. Kyle Anderson, like you said, is a pretty much a two-way player that we need at that three spot, um, especially with our identity being grit and grind. You want to grit and grind uh, defense to start us off. Like I said, he don't have to finish games, just like I had the thoughts about JV last year. He don't have to finish games, but as far as starting up, starting us off and setting that defensive uh, defensive pace, defensive identity, uh, Kyle Anderson would be dope. And if he continues to average, you know, what he averaged last year, or even go up even more, uh, he's he's that the three spot is is his for the for the taking really. But I'm going with Kyle Anderson. Yes, I um, analyze this question about what is best really realistically for Grizz Nation and moving forward. Um, you don't pull Desmond Bain out of summer league for no reason, um, the way that they did. Um, and that lets me know that they are really looking forward to this young man producing at a very high level. I, I, I'm hesitant to say more professionally, but you guys understand, like, summer league and, and NBA is, like, like hot. And it's like oil and water. Like, they're not going mix real well, right? We really are getting ready for the NBA season. Um, so, to me, that gives Desmond Bain um, the six-man rope. I will say that. 
Um, I, I agree with the Kyle Anderson statements. Um, I was very high on Kyle Anderson. Um, I actually still do believe that Julius Randle does deserve the MIP, but um, you know that's here, neither here nor there. Um, what Kyle Anderson did, a lot of things are not even talked about. Just the way even we talked about defense, but even things that he did on offense um, with like leaking out passes to John Moran um, and things like that. I mean, fundamental. And he's been a guy that we can count on to hit timely shots um, when we haven't got any. So give me Melton and Bain coming off the bench, really Bain first. Um, but to your point also, too, that doesn't mean just because this is our starting five doesn't mean that's the five we finish with. Um, and I see Desmond Bain receiving more minutes um, than the three players that we've named. Actually, it just means that he's actually not going to be a starter um, at this current time. Um, speaking of starters at this current time, um, we have Jaron Jackson Jr., who has been around um, and some posts have been made about his unicornness, um, so to speak. Is this a do or die season for? Mr. Jaron Jackson Jr. In this order, I want to go the reverse. So let's start with two, then um, you know, two. What is then. the what is the definition of do or die? Like what 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 do you mean by that? If I, go ahead, Scott. No, I think I think it's in terms of if he doesn't perform well this particular season or at some point. Is there a potential that he that the Grizzlies front office move off of him? I think that's a do or die definition that we're probably referring yeah. to. But, but I mean, I think we 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 all kind of gave our opinion on this like in an earlier episode. But just to kind of piggyback, um, I believe it is. Um, the, the, the word do or die is so strong, but for me to answer the question, um, yes, I believe so. I believe any player in a contract year is a do or die uh, season for them, especially with the expectations that we have for him with this being his what fourth fifth year um we've seen the potential we've seen what he can do in the bubble but now it's literally time to bring it all together and if you're not able to do that when it's time to get that second contract when you should be the hungriest i know if i was in the nba that second contract would mean a lot to me and i wanted to be as big as possible so why not show my ass you know what i'm saying sorry for my language but just speaking the truth not like why not show what i can do why not <laughs> you know what i'm saying even if this is the best year i ever have in my career it needs to be now so for me to answer that question i have to go yes especially when people calling him the step period of the five position but <laughs> yeah you took oh. that right of my right out of my mouth i was just about to make reference to that tweet uh but to answer the question is this a do or die year for jaron jackson jr the answer is a resounding yes um We've seen what he can produce. Uh, we've seen what he can do in his first few years. We saw what he did in the bubble. We definitely took his time. Took his time. We took the time to basically get him back from injury in a timely fashion that we would wanted. So you would think the Grizzlies are buying in with him, but now it's up to Three J to kind of take the steps towards the Grizzlies eventually putting all of this together. Because Skyler talked about it on the last show. At some point, you got to start focusing on Job Morant and focusing on keeping him happy. So at some point, Jaron Jackson has to, you know, come and put this together. And to me, I think, again, 20, 20 points a game, six to eight rebounds a game, I think that's sufficient for enough for him to at least, at least warrant at least for him to 
demand a max extension from the Grizzlies. I don't, as of right now, I wouldn't give them a max, but um, again, I do think this is a do or die season for him. If you ask me if it's a do or die season for Triple J, I think the answer is yes. Um, but I believe if you ask the Grizzlies front office, I think it's a no. I think they're still willing to be very, very patient. I think they're willing to still take baby steps, if you will, with Jaron Jackson to um, allow himself to get himself together, whether that be physically, mentally, whatever the case may be. So I think they're willing to let this play out as long as they can. But again, if you ask me, I think it's a do or die season, exactly what Tooth just said, because, you know, when you're in the NBA, when you're in the NFL or you're in any pro sports league, you know, that second contract means a lot to you. I'm pretty sure it does. It's to, you know, that first contract is to set yourself up and, you know, do whatever you can, buy a house, do whatever you can to, you know, make your family happy, your mom happy, whatever the case may be. But that second contract is going to, you know, set yourself up and set your kids up for, you know, future success and things like that. And so, you know, a, a, a commandment on this podcast or from us is, you know, you know, um, it's um, crap. It just left me uh um, if a player shows you who they are, then believe them. And I'm just of the mindset that Jaron Jackson Jr. cannot stay healthy. Um, and when he's out there, um, he's going to give you what he can. But is it enough to say, okay, we hit on this lottery pick when he was drafted? And I'm not sure if he's going to live up to what we wanted him to be, especially with players that were drafted before him and players that were drafted after him have outperformed him. Um, so I believe it's a do or die, um, you know, season four Triple J, but I think the answer is different if you ask Taylor Jenkins or the Grizzlies front office. So I agree with Skyler's point that I don't believe this is a do or die season in regards to the Grizzlies organization with Triple J. But I disagree with this being a do or die season for him. I think Georgia die season was last season. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I don't know if we all remember, but this team was a playoff team without Triple J. Um, and so we don't, if we bring on, and I've said this already, if we bring on Triple J, then for this season, to me, it's to up his trade value to where he can go somewhere else and frolic and be well. Um, I, that's what I would like to see. That's me. Um, again, this team proved via the pandemic, via a shortened offseason, that they can do this without their quote-unquote second-best player on the team. And so to me, I, I don't believe this is a do-or-die season for him. I would hope that he gets his stats up um, and does well, and it does the numbers that Trevor has already alluded to already. Um, but if he gives you those, those triple singles – um this season or is only giving you you know 14 points or, you know a few rebounds here or there and he's open for a corner three I, I don't understand why even sign up to a contract that's going to be similar to a john collins contract um that would take away money from other players that could come here and be with john moran um and play there i know Skyler, you're about to say something go ahead i also think maybe the better question would be is jaron jackson jr's performance key or vital to the Grizzlies making the playoffs? That is a that's, yes. a that's a good question. If he does not perform to the stats that Trevor just mentioned, 
or if he's not that Steph Curry of the big man, the Grizzlies aren't making the playoffs. And again, this is something that I said, you know, a few weeks ago or a few months ago is we as Grizzlies fans need to, you know, really, you know, come to Jesus and say, we may not make the playoffs. And if we may not make the playoffs, are we okay with it? Because I know how we all get, you know what I'm saying? When it's, when we're 42 and 40 or when it's, you know, yes. when we're hovering around that 500 mark and we're fighting, scratching and clawing to get to playoffs. And like, we're like, why are we losing to the Pistons? Like, why are we blowing 20 point leads? And so we all, you know, get, we all get into a fury, we're upset and things like that. We won't be in that situation or, you know, we're at least a little bit more comfortably in the playoffs if Jaron Jackson Jr. performs well. If he performs well, if he's giving you 18 to 20 points, if he's giving you the 7 to 10 rebounds, because you know what you're going to get with John Morant. You know what you're going to get with Stephen Adams because he's going to at least bring the defensive, you know, he's going to bring the defensive awareness to the team. You know what you're getting in Kyle Anderson. You know, I think there's still a few question marks around, again, to a question we just asked around the shooting guard or who starts at that position. But we don't know specifically what we're getting from from Jaron Jackson Jr. And because we don't know that, we may or may not miss the playoffs. And we have to be okay with that. He's very key to us, you know, having a good run, getting, you know, that seven or eight, maybe even six seed, depending on, you know, what Portland and, and other teams do. But he's very key to us getting to the playoffs. I agree. I agree. I agree. And like even last year, like I was on record saying like we look like a potential, you know, six, seven seed. like we shouldn't have been in the play in. And that's because I thought that Jaron was going to come back, you know, and perform. So, you know, Lito, you said that we may not make the playoffs. I say that Jaron Jackson would be key for us to advancing in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like if we look at the, the standards from last season, of course, we was in the play in. But I mean, who in the bottom five, six, seven teams got better? You know what I'm saying? So I can definitely see a play-in situation. I can kind of answer that just a tad bit. Uh, of course, you know the Warriors have gotten better because they're going to get everybody back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a lot of talk, and, of course, I got to see it to believe it. It's been a lot of talk about Minnesota because um, – Stop Pat, it. Stop, I'm serious. Stop, I'm serious. There's been a lot of talk about them. I don't don't shoot me. I'm just stop. the only way they make the playoffs is they get Ben Simmons. Stop. stop it's because they're it. they're talking about this whole thing that Cat and D'Lo have only played 24 games together last season. So you get a full season of them too, possibly if they're healthy. Plus what they're getting for Anthony Edwards. Again, this is what what's been going on. Was what what I've been hearing. Now, can Memphis still overcome both of those and make the playoffs? I believe wholeheartedly, yes, but. If you're looking at those that's in the bottom, those are the only two that you really need to worry about. Let's just be honest. Man, they don't even know. They don't know who general manager. They don't know who own. And they, they damn they don't even know who coaching them next. <laughs> and, and, they, and they still don't play defense. Correct. Still also play defense. That is also still true. to this day. Since, since we swerved into this lane really quickly, let's just stay there. Um, so out of that division – that you mentioned the Minnesota Timberwolves. You have the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Thunder, Blazers, Jazz. Three teams out of there are going to make the playoffs: the Jazz, the Blazers, the Nuggets. Yeah. Right. All right. That's three. I give you that. Okay. Let's go to the Pacific Division: the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Kings. So you got both yeah. LA teams, potentially the Warriors. And potentially, potentially. <laughs> okay. I so think that, you may need to switch the two. 
me being 100% with you, potentially the Clippers. Okay, all right. Because, that, because you got to think about when Kawhi, 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 Kawhi is going to be out for the season. Yeah. We, I, we I saw, got you. We saw what so Paul George Potentially the Clippers. Potentially the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors, and Phoenix. So we're looking at seven teams already. Yeah, and I'm not even – so to me that our best shot at being in the playoffs is winning our division uh, with the Mavericks, Rockets, Pelicans, and Spurs. And uh, that, that's that's honestly a bold prediction of mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, straight up. I, I'll I, put it out there. I, I do believe the Grizzlies win the Southwest this year. Straight up. Because Dallas, let's just be honest, Dallas didn't get any better this offseason. They just basically kept the guys that they kept, and they're still going to be relying heavily on Luka Doncic to basically mm-hmm. do everything. So at some point, they got to get Luka some legit help. Like, exactly, exactly. Cool, it's cool they didn't get them none in the offseason for this season. Perfectly fine with that. But eventually, as a basketball fan, and a way that Luka can do his thing, they got to get him some help, man. They got to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and, let's 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 circle back to to the Bluff City to the nine. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so in winning the division, I think one thing that will be key um, is going to be how consistent how consistent can Dylan Brooks be on offense for us, right? Uh, regardless if he's um, starting or coming off the bench, whatever it may be, I believe he needs to be in a playmaking role for us, uh, especially when the times on Jai is out. So the question is, how consistent can you guys think? Dylan needs to be or can be for us this upcoming season. We'll just go the opposite way. So go Skyler and then flip it on up that way. Um, personal opinion, I don't think he needs to be that consistent offense. I think he can, if he does what he did last year, I think that's I think that's enough offensively. If he can can be, which I, I already know that he can do this, if he can be consistent on defense, that's what you really need for at least for Dylan Brooks. You need him to continue to say, okay, I'm picking up, you know, the opposing team's best player. I'm guarding LeBron. I'm guarding Luka. I'm guarding, you know, Jamal Murray, whatever the case may be. And he, him efficiently doing that because, I mean, he did it for, for all season. If he's going to do that for you, I think you're fine. I think, you know, John Moran is going to give you what he needs to give you. Again, there's a question mark with Triple J, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, Steve Manatos, he's going to give you some rebounds. He's going to give you some easy putbacks. Uh, I think Desmond Main and D'Anthony Melton, they're going to combine to give you what they need to give you um, offensively. Kyle Anderson is still there. Zara Williamson is still there. So I think defensively is more so where I'm looking at, or the, at least the lane that I'm looking down is if he's going to be consistent as he was last year defensively, then you run with that because he's going to give you a couple open shots. He's going to have times where um, he's taking and making mid-range jump shots. He's getting to the basket. He, In my opinion, he improved, I mean, miles ahead of what he was the year or two before. And if he gives you anything more this year, what he gave you last year, that's all you can ask for. Just can he can he consistently, you know, play um, to the level of defense that he played last year? Yeah, when I heard this question, I basically – responded with another question and that is what exactly are you looking for from Dylan Brooks? Um, are you looking for him to be more of a spot up shooter or three and D guy, which I've always said that he's at his best or you're expecting him to be game one Dylan um, every single game in the season. If you're asking for that, then that's, that's a recipe for disaster. I'm just going to be honest with you, but to Skyler's point, if he can take the momentum, that he had uh, last season as far as what he's contributing on the defensive end and just carry that over to this season and then just knock down a couple of threes, help space the floor. 
then everything will be fine for Dylan. Like it, I don't think we're gonna get game one against Utah Dylan. I will get it every once in a blue moon, but for that to be consistent, that's not gonna happen. Like let's just be real, and I'll make a 2K reference. Dylan was in takeover mode and he just couldn't miss in game in game one. So that's not gonna that's not gonna happen on a consistent basis. So let's just pump the brakes there. But defensively, if he had take that momentum from last season and carry that over to this season, it just helps space the floor. And uh, for John and everyone else to operate, I think he'll be just fine. Right. Uh, talk about somebody who was eating popcorn, just waiting for Dylan Brooks Allen to just burn. Right. <laughs> um, Dylan shut me up. And I'm happy to say that, you know, especially with a, with a guy like him. But. Uh, he came in, what, averaged 17 points a game last season. I think that that is very good, um, especially playing alongside John Morant. Um, if he can stay around that area, maybe increase a little bit more, a couple points maybe, you know, that will be dope for me. But, Skyler, you hit it right on the head, and it's the defensive presence of Dylan Brooks that I would like to see more consistent. Uh, we just talked about how Kawhi Leonard's not playing next season, so that opens up a spot for a, a second defensive team member. So if Dylan Brooks can do that, I believe strongly with him putting the world on notice last year, we, we heard commentators talk about Dylan Brooks on defense, Dylan Brooks on defense. Cool. He put the world on notice that he's a two-way defensive player, which is great. But now let's get some accolades behind it. So I like to push Dylan Brooks to, to, to make a defensive team this year. Um, I expect him to be consistent. The energy is always there. And what we say, consistency is, is key. So um, that's what I expect from Dylan. You know, a point more maybe if he stay around 16, 17, cool with me. But let's get, you know, get better defensively, which is what I ask from him. Yeah, I think um, his consistency on offense doesn't need to be discussed. I think he is still someone that you need to close out on three-point shots. So you can't leave him open, right? Unlike someone that I know that used to play for Philadelphia. Um, you know, you can't leave certain people open uh, around a three-point line. So I think that that's there for him. Um, to everyone's point, those final two games of the regular season's quote unquote playing season, so to speak, put like to your guys' point, put the world on notice that this man can guard the best player on whatever team, 94 feet, and make it more of a four on four instead of a five on five game. And that's what we need to pay him the money for. That's what he needs to not yet get that type of contract, but like that Rudy Gobert type of contract where you're paying this man for defense, not for offense, so to speak, right? Rudy Gobert is not getting paid the millions of dollars he's getting paid to go out here and hit a jump shot uh, at the free throw line. He's getting paid to defend that rim and get the rebounds. And Dylan Brooks also will get paid, hopefully, um, by us, uh, the Grizzlies, for that. Um, so to me, he doesn't need to do much on offense. Um, we will find ways to, you know, do well on offense. And hopefully this guy that they call the Triple J um, provides more of an offense for us um, there so we don't have to worry about, you know, whatever offensive deficiencies we do not have. Um, so then what do we do with Kyle Anderson and his contract? What do you guys think about that? Do we sign an extension? I think you let that ride on out. Um, I appreciate everything Kyle Anderson has done and is doing for this team. I just don't see how he – helps you in the long run. I think part of the reason why there's just only a conversation as far as an extension, and I think it's just been left at that, is because I think he's going to be a trade piece. I think the Grizzlies are 
they're up to something. There's why they keep making all these trades. It's like you making a trade to make another trade to then make another trade. But I think the way that this front office is moving, they're setting themselves up to do something big. And whatever that big is, Cal Innocent is a part of that. I think they're on the same boat as me, which is, you know, he's good. He's, you know, he's a versatile defender. He can do, you know, he can do multiple things on the offensive end. But I think they're they're trying to do this whole, you know, pace and space thing. And I'm not sure if Kyle Anderson fits that that mold. I'm not sure if he fits what they're looking for long term. So I honestly wouldn't. I think you just have to keep him where he is um, or whatever that um, whatever the contract looks like. And then you piece that to go get whomever you're looking for. I don't know if that's Jalen Brown. I don't know if that's Bradley Beal. I don't know if that's Zach Levine. I don't know who that may be. I think you have to keep him, you know, as a part of some type of trade. That's what I would do. Yeah, this this is setting up possibly to be – I wouldn't necessarily put it along the lines of us moving JV, but it's, it's getting those kind of type of eyes when it comes to Kyle. Um, I just don't – think the front office sees him as a long-term solution uh, for the Grizzlies, given especially the emergence of Desmond Bain and how well he's moving, um, especially the jumps that he made in the offseason. Of course, eventually he's going to end up in the starting lineup, and there's going to be an odd man out. And unfortunately, that's going to be Kyle Anderson. And as much as I would love to keep him, I just, again, I don't think the front office sees anything long term with him. So he, he's probably going to become a major piece in a big trade that the front office is setting up. Um, again, I appreciate everything that he's done for the city, for the team. Uh, I was one of the first ones, myself and Sheedy included, to, to advocate for him for most improved player. But the Grizzlies are thinking long term, they're looking to be contenders consistently for four to five years, maybe down the road, as opposed to trying to win now. So, unfortunately, I don't see Kyle in, 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 as a member of the Grizzlies after this season or much longer. Uh, great analysis, y'all. Um, I it, And it sucks for me to say this because y'all know I love me some slow-mo. Um, but I, I couldn't <laughs> agree more as far as, you know, the, the front office – Kyle Anderson is somebody who can help a championship team win just like this. He can come in and do what he's supposed to. He's consistent. He can do everything. But the Grizzlies, what they've done is they've drafted Desire Williams. They went and got, you know, a former top four, top five pick in Jared Kova, who also plays the three position. So I think the Grizzlies see the writing on the wall, especially with Kyle Anderson being an unrestricted free agent. Uh, right now, Kyle Anderson is making, what, nine mil a season? You know, I just looked up Luke Kennard, and he's getting 16, you know, a season. Uh, OG Ananobi making 18 a season. So when you're talking about somebody that's expected to get a big payday, especially with his improvements, Grizzly wouldn't be able to afford him. So, and, and it's like I said, it sucks for me because I'm a big slow-mo fan in Memphis, but this is somebody who can double his salary on the right team. So yeah. if we do sign him to a big contract, it'll probably be for a signing trade because, like I said, we got Zyra Williams and we got Jerichova, and at this point, we're going to see who can come in and fit the best. So that's what so I think you're about. you're looking at it right now for Kyle. Would you give him an extension at ninety? Four years, four years, ninety. Maybe? 90. What's that a year? About 
over 22 million. Okay, well, well, let's back that up. I'll, I'll back nah. that up just a tad bit. My my, my perfect price tag um, for Kyle would be between 16 and 18. Okay, um, 16 and 18. So mm-hmm. for four years, so you're looking at possibly 72 for four years. Right. So would that be enough to, to keep Kyle? That'll be enough to keep Kyle, but we got to also think that Ja Morant, you know, extension account kind of okay. come in and hand it. If Zyra Williams, is Zyra Williams come in and do what I think he's supposed to do? You got to have money from him. I honestly and, don't, uh, and this is really going to pain all of us. I don't think he's seeing the floor. Who's Zyra Williams? I honestly don't think he, I, I would not be surprised if Zaire Williams is playing in South Haven this, this upcoming season. I mean, like he, he is still, like I say, he is a, 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 a projection pick, you know what I'm saying? We project what he can be. We project that he again. Playing in draft. And I, can, I can agree with but that. I, agree with that. I, I, I will stand on this hill and we'll die on this hill. If he's a project, you could have gotten him at 17. You didn't have to move into the top 10 to get him. And the fact that we having this discussion about him not possibly not seeing the floor, because even with Jerry Culver, like Memphis was a fan of his, you know, before he came out in the draft. So, you know, they're looking to see what he's going to be like. Let, let me ask you, you know, this, he's man. getting minutes. As far as our front office goes right now, as far as the drafting, when have they let us down? They haven't. Not thus far. But so, that remains hey, to be let seen. Let them ride. Let oh, them whoa, ride. no. Because, no. But that remains to be seen. And the first domino is who we all been talking about, Jaron Jackson Jr. So... There you go. All right. Um, to the question about Kyle Anderson and um, the points that have been made with and without Kyle Anderson, you let it ride out, of course. Um, and Kyle Anderson, to me, becomes like a Marcus Smart for the Celtics. Um, and what perfect. I mean by that perfect. is like, you know, yeah, we get it, but let me make sure. <laughs> right. So, like, you, you let them test the market and realize nobody really wants the services of Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is – Marcus Smart services are best suited in Boston for a reduced rate. Um, and so if Kyle can and will test the market, uh, hopefully we do not sign him uh, before him, we can get uh, him at a, a smaller deal um, for that, if he is to say, uh, depending upon how these players do pan out um, from what happened over the offseason and, of course, this upcoming season. And just like speaking about this upcoming season, um, final question for us is just thinking about like which non-starter, because we all named our different starters, right? Uh, but which non-starter do you want to see improve the most this upcoming season? Um, and you know what? Just for sake of argument, let's start with Trevor first and then go to Skyler. Okay, so the non-starter that I would like to see make a big jump. Oh, man. I think the jury is written out on him already, but I want to see what the front office sees in this guy, and that's Jared Culver. Uh, because we know he can sit down in the chair. We know he's athletic. We know he can defend, but he can't shoot. So, and there's been talk all through Grizz Nation and all through Grizz Twitter and everything about how high the front office was on him coming out of Texas Tech. I want to see what the what the Grizzlies are seeing in this guy, because I've watched Jericho for a lot just doing research, and he doesn't really jump off the screen for me. Like again, he's unable to. He can't shoot threes nor free throws. He can barely finish at the rim. 
so why <laughs> so what is this are you seeing i again i get it that he can defend i get it he's taken made some improvements but they're not major improvements to where oh my god this guy's actually going to be good so jerry culver is definitely one that i, I really want to see because if everything pans out the way everybody's saying uh that it's going to be for him then he could definitely be a uh, major in the rotation but if i had to name somebody it'll definitely be jerry culver um, a, a part of a huge part of me wants to say Xavier Tillman, and I, I love Xavier Tillman, especially in the game last season, in the games last season for the Grizzlies. But, um, his counterpart, well, not his counterpart, his in a way comparison to, uh, to Draymond, Draymond didn't really explode into his third season, so I guess I'll save him for next season. Um, but I would go Brandon Clark. This is somebody who took a step back, um. And I didn't expect him to take a step back, you know, averaging from 12 points to 10 points. Um, his energy, I don't, it wasn't the same as his rookie year. And I expect him to do a lot more, honestly, especially what we just said about Kyle Anderson. Like you throw in BC into the mix with, you know, the Clarks and the, and the Zara Williams of the world. And I expect Brandon Clark to bounce back next season and, you know, and do what he's supposed to do off the bench because he's a really, really good player who can honestly, you know, outside of playmaking, he can do it all. Yeah. So um, I expect BC to have a good year next season. I think a lot of things with BC was that he just wasn't healthy. That that that's kind of what a, one one reason why he kind of regressed. He just wasn't healthy. He just wasn't healthy. And then of course he had. To, I think he had to show the issue with uh, which one of the reasons why he had to change the shooting motion, which he has worked on. So Got I it. think now that he's fully healthy, I think we'll get back to the BC that we know that he can be. So gotcha. I'm just gonna talk about last season to injuries. That's that's all. That's a good one. I didn't even think about Brandon Clark. And actually, he he kind of doesn't get talked about on this team at all. Um, so that's that's a good one. And if anything, if he can improve, if he can find minutes, um, then, you know, Triple J, again, has something to worry about again, because that's they're playing relatively <laughs> the same position. So, you know, if Brandon Clark comes out and, you know, looks how he did his rookie year and again um, I, I hope this isn't the case um but if jerry jackson comes out of the blocks you know stumbling if he isn't coming out of the blocks well brandon clark will take a lot of those minutes i would think very soon to answer the question i'm actually going to take the low hanging fruit uh i'm actually going to go with zaire williams i i think he has to at least get minutes trevor you talked about he could potentially be in south haven that's not good. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. If Zara Williamson is not top playing, 10 pick, on, I agree. Exactly. Not even just the top 10 pick, but it's everything that came with it. It's not as if, you know, Grizzlies, you know, after the lottery, they were sitting there at, at 10, and that was their entire pick for the entire draft. It's the fact that they were at 17. They traded who they traded to come down to 10 and then didn't take players that we – probably would have taken they meant they didn't take players that i mean again it's g league and i know exactly what you said she g league is totally different from a regular season but they meant they didn't take players that performed relatively well in the g league and so i would want to see i would want to see zion williams do well i would want to see him improve that's i mean there's nothing there's not to see much of him because I mean, it's, it's, it's his rookie year. He just came from college. So there's, I mean, and plus he's really young. So, I mean, there's that, but 
And that's why he'll be in South Haven. And that's not good. That's not good. Because I'm, I'm okay. If he's getting minutes, then who is he taking minutes from? Mm-hmm. And and the, and I'm gonna let you, shit. I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna say this. I think even the Grizzlies are a little bit worried because if they weren't worried that he potentially may not be a hit, then why trade for Jared Culver? Essentially the same. I mean, for the time My being, point the, exactly. the, the, the say exact it, it, same it. player, the exact same player. Yep. And if you want that, if you want Tyron Wimson, your number 10 pick, if you want to prove to everybody in the world, especially Grizzlies fans, that he was the right guy, he was the guy that you wanted. And, you know, regardless of who was picked after him, that was your guy. Why put that pressure on him to go get Jerry Culver, who is probably going to play the exact same role, the exact same position? You're going to ask him to do the exact same thing. Why go and get that player? Mm-hmm. Let me, I'm going to get some mops to clean up this mess um, that we have here um, about all of this. Um, interesting enough, I'm going to name a player that. Um, we haven't discussed it. I, I agree with where we're at now. Um, I my I would love to see Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark do better to further um, get the unicorn up out of there. Um, now, what I will say is this player that I would like to see an improvement from um, is part of our quote-unquote was uh, loaded backcourt. It was Anthony Melton. Um, and I say that because we signed him to a, I'm not saying lucrative deal, but I mean, he's getting more money than Dennis Schroeder, um, this upcoming season. Um, so, uh, Man, why you gotta be so petty, dog? Come on, dog. Shots fire, on, dog. I just, these are what just the facts. I'm just, I'm just, this is the writing on the wall here. Um, and so to me, I need to see something. We we traded to me like I'm I'm still heard that we traded Grace now. I, I will say that. Me and too. I will say and I will say that because of again going back to those last games, those playing scenario games, he was on the court. Fourth quarter and overtime, he was on the court, right? There wasn't the Anthony Melson, it wasn't Triple J. It was Grayson Allen. Um, and so I understand there's a load of backcourt. I get all that, but you know, if we if we paid the money for DeAnthony Mills in the season prior to that, we didn't see what we needed to, even when you know John Morant had time where he wasn't on the court, right? And wasn't leading us. Um, and those winning streaks that we went on weren't because of DeAnthony Melton, those were because of what Dylan Brooks was doing, to be honest. Um, and so I need to see more from DeAnthony Melton this upcoming season, man. Um, and really earn his keep and such like that. Um so that's all we have for tonight, uh, today, this morning, this afternoon, however you want to listen to this and view this. Uh, make sure you follow us at Starting 5 Memph. And, of course, make sure you follow me. It's really cheaty. I always have something not funny to say. Uh, but who else should we be following, Skyler? got to follow me at, at underscore Skyler on Twitter. Uh, again, I had fun at a gala a couple of days ago. So if you need a quick laugh, please go check me out on Twitter. Yeah, I'm um, at the Art of Trevor on Twitter. Of course, the first letter of each word is capitalized except of because it's a preposition. Uh, I can be funny on Twitter sometimes. I may not be funny on Twitter sometimes, but just know I be on there. 
And follow yours truly at Tav Shakir. Uh, whether it's good or bad, I come in peace. Speaking of peace, peace, peace. Go, <laughs> <No> Grizz. <greatest. laughs>